Hello mamas and welcome to season two, episode two of Bump to Mum. I'm your host Emma and this week I'm bringing you a conversation with Courtney. Courtney is a midwife and a mum to one daughter called Molly who has just turned one the other month. Um, Courtney has come on as she really wanted to share her motherhood journey and really show people that you can have all the experience in the world as a midwife or with babies and it can still just completely knock you for six um, and you know so for Courtney that 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 is what happened um, she had a birth that wasn't what she had initially planned and hoped for and then you know a quite a difficult fourth trimester with Molly so Courtney shares that story with us um, she talks about the fact that she has had a postnatal depression diagnosis and she's also dealing with a lot of birth trauma um, after her birth with Molly so we really talk through that. Um, she talks about how her experience becoming a mum and, you know, her birth has changed or, you know, changed the way she practices as a midwife and how she approaches conversations with her clients. Um, she also said, you know, kind of talks through her breastfeeding journey with Molly, which wasn't as smooth as she had hoped as well. And she, they had some latch issues and, yeah, we just... Courtney really just puts it all out there and I'm so grateful for her for coming on and sharing her journey which she's still very much on as well she's still kind of dealing with the birth trauma and um, getting herself back to a place where she is mentally feeling good again um, but it's it's there's also so many highs for her she talks through things she's been really enjoying um, and how how motherhood has always been something that she has wanted and she's just loving you know, so many parts of it despite these challenges. Due to the nature of the content covered in this episode, if you or someone you know is struggling with mental health or find this content triggering, you can text or call 1737 anytime to speak with a trained counsellor or you can call Lifeline on 0800 543 354 or text 4357. This is just a conversation between two mums. So although Courtney is a midwife, if you do need to seek help related to anything that we discuss. I strongly suggest you do that. Um, this is just a chat between mothers sharing what has worked for her, what might work for you, things you could maybe try. Um, so take, take it or leave it. This is just what has been Courtney's motherhood journey. She also talks through um, what sleep has looked like in their household. They went down the route of not wanting to sleep train um, and still got to a point where now Molly is sleeping through the night. So she, it's nice to see, I guess, that side of the coin as well for people that don't want to go down a sleep training path. Um, this is, Courtney kind of talks through what that has looked like for her. We also have some laughs about poo explosion stories, um, a sort of ice pack for downstairs if it's a bit sore, which is not your conventional ones that we were recommended um, which is a, just a great midwife tip from Courtney so I love that and I'm just really grateful for her coming on sharing what has been a challenging time for her um, but also getting to share how how happy and how much she's enjoying getting to know Molly now so I really hope you enjoy this conversation if you do please rate and review on Apple Podcasts I'd be so grateful and yeah please enjoy Hi, Courtney. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Why don't you take some, take a minute and introduce yourself to the listeners today? Cool. Thanks for having me, Emma. Um, I'm Courtney. I am originally from Tauranga. 
Um, I've got a fiance, Sam, and uh, our little Molly, who just turned one last month. Um, oh my goodness, how is she one already? I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone it's says time flies, but when you're yeah. living it, yeah, totally. <laughs> what about what you do for work? So I am a midwife. Um, I'm currently in my fifth year of practice. Um, just, well, actually, no, not just returned back to work. It feels like I have, but um, <laughs> returned yeah. to work about six months ago now gosh um after maternity leave um yeah my background has been mostly in remote rural lmc midwifery Mm -hmm. so like being a community midwife um but since returning from maternity leave i've been doing a bit of both so i've been doing a bit of hospital midwifery and working in the community with my own clients Amazing. And and what kind of like it was being a midwife something you'd always wanted to be or was there like a point in your life where you kind of realized that was a path you wanted to go down? Lots of people have asked me this question yeah. and I actually find it really hard to answer. Um, I don't know. I guess I just was called to being a midwife and mm. um, my younger sister had her first baby um who's now 10 um quite young and I guess going through that experience helped shape um well helped like draw me into being a midwife um Mm. and really let me see what being a midwife was um but yeah I can't like pinpoint anything exactly that made me Mm. yeah made me want to do it but I just I just knew I wanted to and it's yeah, absolutely the right career for me. Oh, I love the variety that it provides. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, having had my own experience with my pregnancy and birth with the midwife, I'm just like so much respect for midwives because it is not easy hours and it is must just be such <laughs> a full on job. Um, so just so grateful for people like you that just have this calling to it because we need more of you yeah we do we definitely need yeah. more midwives so where are you at in your motherhood journey today and are there any challenges you're currently facing or something you're particularly enjoying with molly so i i just love where we are now um yeah molly is she was 13 months a couple of days ago and mm. she's just the best age. Um, yeah. Yeah, she's, she's just becoming easier to communicate with and her personality is really shining through. And I like that our days are a bit more predictable now than they were in the early days. Mm. Um, can kind of predict-ish, <laughs> like, when nap time might be and, um, yeah, predict when her best times of the day are and, um yeah the the bond that we've developed now is just yeah and unbeatable really like I yeah yeah, she's so much more affectionate now than she was obviously (laughs) Um, when she was younger and I like I love now (laughs) yeah you're getting a bit more back (laughs) oh no that's so cool is she walking or is she still crawling what's she doing she is all go this kid. Um, yeah. yeah, she was walking at 10 months 
Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that she ran. So nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, That's crazy. She's... And is there like anything in your journey at the moment that, you know, that, that was particularly challenging or, um, you know, I think we'll, we'll go into your fourth trimester a little bit more, but was there any other thing outside of that that was a, a challenging phase for you or, you know, a couple of, I think we all have those moments where it's like a, a, a tough few weeks, anything like that that stands out? Um, not not particularly um mm. probably sleep has been a big thing in our mm. household so I guess an ongoing thing not something that was like a particularly challenging phase I think it's mm. kind of just been yeah ongoing for us um yeah uh is that she, so has she, did you I guess if we look at the sleep part then is that you know you're not getting long bits overnight or was it more catnapping or what was sleep deprivation you know what was what has yeah. it been for you guys so for us, um, it's been multiple night wakes is kind of, mm. yeah, what sleep has looked like until the last two weeks, actually. Um, Molly wow. has slept through the night almost every night for the last two weeks, which is oh my gosh. amazing. Um, yeah, you're yeah, feeling like a new woman. <laughs> I am. I am. Um, yeah, so it's been a year of very broken sleep. Um, yeah yeah which has been tough but also we chose not to go down the sleep training path so Mm. I mean yeah that's the decision that we made and I guess maybe Mm. if we had gone down the sleep training path it might have been um yeah not so many months of that but I am glad that we did it the way that we did it um Mm. because as much as I think like sleep training can be amazing for some people and um people have great results from it um it just wasn't something that I wanted to do um so yeah it's been nice um to finally see her settle into sleeping through the night in her own time and I'm really glad that that's at 12 months and not at three years Oh, I'm just so happy for you all because I, yeah, I could just, I mean, my heart goes out to you because I struggled with the broken sleep and we ended yeah. up sleep training. But I think it's also really nice because, you know, a lot of people I've had on the podcast have gone down the sleep training route, but it's nice to hear from someone that hasn't. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's, you, you're, you've still got to that same point that we all end up getting to with, you know. Yeah baby sleeping to the night you know it took longer but like you said you're like you're really happy with that decision that you made and that you got there in her own timing and when molly was ready so i think that's cool i think it's cool to hear you know the other side of it as well yeah i mean not everything is for everyone and Mm. i mean that's something that i definitely talk to my clients about whether it's to do with sleep or um or something else uh, many other topics um yeah what works for you may not work for somebody else um and I think yeah staying true to yourself is super important when it comes to being a mom or a dad oh 100% because how many times do you see something and see someone doing something and have these immediate thoughts of like oh should I be doing that or should we be doing that and you oh my god yeah confused you must hear it a lot in your work with 
you know, your clients saying, oh, but this person told me this and like, I saw someone doing this and it's just, it's so hard to turn into yourself, right? Yeah. And even as a midwife, you're not immune to that. Um, I certainly had moments where I thought, oh, maybe we do go down the sleep training route or even, Mm. yeah, not just with sleep, with with other things um yeah you see something else working for somebody and you're like oh maybe I should do that or you you doubt yourself you doubt your methods but um yeah it's super important to kind of step back and remember hey um yeah what works for for me and my baby um Mm. yeah is possibly different to what works for them and their baby we're all individuals right so true so with your professional experience as a midwife and having been around, like, I guess your sister with her babies and so many different babies and parents, how did you feel going into your own pregnancy, birth and postpartum? Um, I felt really relaxed about pregnancy. Um, mm. I Lots of people ask me, like, oh, you're a midwife. Did you have a midwife? Um, but, yeah, <laughs> of, of, of course I did. Um, I can't like as much as I've got um plenty of knowledge and experience um it is limited and it's different when it's yourself and um I needed a midwife to support me through my journey and um I mean do the legal things like order scans and prescriptions Mm. and bloods for me I can't do that myself um so yeah I mean um in terms of like yeah knowledge throughout the pregnancy process um I felt yeah I felt like I could kind of support myself quite a lot through Mm. that journey um I don't think I saw much of my midwife until I was closer to the third trimester I saw her a few times and um caught up with her but uh, yeah I didn't feel like I needed a lot so I think yeah I was super lucky in that respect like all the little niggles that you get during pregnancy or um, pregnancy symptoms that you think, oh, is this normal? I guess mm. I can kind of answer those questions myself. So, Definitely. yeah. And Super yeah. Lucky, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because I remember there would be so many probably things that I would message my midwife that would have been nothing, but because you don't know what you don't know, yeah. you just always check things. But like you say, like you kind of – had all that information and you could kind of like as long as you had a you know a straightforward pregnancy you could kind of just go through so then as yeah. kind of the birth approached like how were you feeling about birth like you would have seen birth so that's kind of yeah a <laughs> for a lot of other mums and first-time mums who haven't been through that like you knew what was coming so how did you feel about that <laughs> um for me um, it actually made me less nervous about my okay. birth. I remember back when I was a teenager and I used to think forward to, I mean, I've always known I wanted to be a mum. Mm. And before I knew anything about birth, the idea of giving birth used to absolutely terrify me. Um, <laughs> I used to think, oh my gosh, how do pregnant women get like so close to the end? And like, how do they sleep knowing that they're going to yeah. go into labor any day? Um, but I, yeah, obviously that has changed hugely since I became a midwife and have seen so much birth. I, yeah, I didn't feel nervous for birth at all, actually. I felt really excited um, to experience it myself. And 
I did feel really prepared. Um, so our plan was to have a home birth, um, which didn't end up happening. But um, like the preparations for um, having a home birth, like I, I really enjoyed that process. I loved setting up my birth space and, mm. um, yeah, envisioning what that might look like. Um, yeah, I, I was very much looking forward to birth. And so talk us through, I know this is more of a, you know, beyond beyond the birth podcast, but I would love, I know it's such a big part of your story. So tell us, tell us how the birth went. And obviously you were planning a home birth, which didn't eventuate, but yeah, talk us through that experience for you. Um, I'll try and keep it short because it's, yeah, this, like you say, this podcast is more about um, the fourth trimester. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it, it started off at home. My labor started off at home and it was, um, I had about eight hours of really calm, controlled, um, lovely labor at home. Um, and things changed pretty quickly. Um, Molly was posterior. So she was like the back part of her head was really pushing down into the back of my spine um, and causing like constant pain. Mm. Um, And yeah, a few things kind of stacked up against us. So my waters broke and there was meconium in the waters and I had a bit of a bleed at home. So long story short, we ended up, um, doing an emergency ambulance transfer to Fangare Hospital, which is about an hour south from my oh. home. Yeah, so it was a pretty uncomfortable <laughs> ride. Oh, yes. um, yeah, and I ended up um, progressing quite quickly um for the first part I think by the time we got to hospital I'd gone from three centimeters to eight. Oh, um, wow! yeah so it was quite quick but because Molly was posterior she wasn't coming down um mm-hmm. she was kind of just stuck um so I ended up getting an epidural which was an absolute lifesaver it was magical um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Quickly yeah. after an hour in a ambulance like that, just yeah, yeah, that was not fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh. I gave my midwife a bit of, of a scare in the ambulance as well. I think my blood pressure plummeted to like seventy five over forty, which is pretty low. Like the lowest limits of normal are like ninety over sixty. So oh my goodness, to be seventy, yeah, seventy over yeah. forty five or whatever it was, yeah, it was pretty low so she got a bit of a fright and um yeah it was a bit of drama but we got there in the end so um the epidural slowed everything down and I didn't actually I got the epidural at 2 p.m and I didn't actually end up giving birth till half past midnight wow um yeah so I ended up having to have the assistance of Yvonne Toos um, to get her out. And she stayed posterior. So she was born sunny side up. Um, so does that mean was, her face was up when up. she came? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, she was back, my back to front. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah. she she wanted a dramatic entry. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, it was – I had an amazing team around me and it was absolutely not what I expected. Um, but, yeah, it is it is what it is. Yeah, and I mean, because obviously that was conversations that a lot of us women would have had with our midwives or obstetricians is around like have your plan but be ready for your plan to change and and be flexible. Mm. And so you would have probably had that conversation with other women, but how did you feel when your own plan didn't go to plan? I was about it. Um, As much as I've seen birth be unpredictable, um birth almost never unfolds as we expect I just I had I had such an I mean relatively easy pregnancy everything was normal she was growing normal um the start of my labor was really normal so I just I didn't really have a plan b I was just Mm. in my head I'm gonna have this baby at home I'm a midwife I should be able to have this baby at home and I think I put two much pressure on myself to do that um that I hadn't really created a backup plan mm. um yeah which has definitely changed the way I approach birth with my clients now mm. I can imagine and that's something I really want to chat to you about as well as like how it has changed your work but so once once Molly arrived and she was safe and you were all safe and healthy where what happened from there did you go to birth care did you go back home what was your kind of next steps so one of my big reasons for not wanting to have molly in the hospital was that it's my workplace um so yeah (laughs) so i really wanted to go back home um my epidural had started to wear off um while I was pushing. So I was super lucky that it had completely worn off hours after she was and it was about three thirty in the morning that Sam and I had that and he was like, Look, I feel fine to drive us home now. Like I'd almost rather drive us home now than mm. get minimal sleep in like a hospital chair and then try drive us home tomorrow. Um yeah. And because we'd come down in the ambulance, my midwife had come down in the ambulance. So we actually all ended up going home together. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sam drove me and my midwife and Molly home. <laughs> oh, so nice that you could kind of, you know, like go go then, like you didn't have to have to stay or, you know, they weren't trying to encourage something that you could actually just go home because that's obviously where you really wanted to be. Yeah. Must have been a funny drive though, being like, hey, we came here not long ago and I know. Went, we're going with this extra little bubber in the car. It was so bizarre. Um, yeah. Uh, the recommendation was that I did stay because Molly had been born by a von Tuss, So often the pediatricians like them to stay and like have extra observations and things like that. Um, but being a midwife myself, I had that conversation with them and I said, look, I'm, I'm happy to be able to look out for those things myself and come back if I have any concerns. So, yeah, we, and amazing we that obviously you have that experience and 
knowing how to advocate for yourself in that situation and that you didn't just have to do what they say. Like you could, you know, within reason, obviously have a conversation Mm. about like, this is what I would like to do. And, you know, I feel comfortable doing that. So it's just, yeah. Yeah. I think knowledge is super important. And yeah, yeah, that's something, it's a really big practice is really information sharing with my clients so that they really are making an informed decision because you can't make an informed decision if you don't actually know all of your options um yeah so so true so you got molly home and kind of have that kind of you're in your your newborn bubble you've got this new Mm. baby tell us about your fourth trimester how was it highs and lows i'd love for you to just share i guess your journey from here with molly So the fourth trimester for me was really hard. Um, I didn't, to be completely honest, I didn't have many highs. Um, I felt really low after my birth. Yeah, to the point where one day my midwife came over and my mother-in-law was there and she was like, look, I'm sending you upstairs um, to just go be by yourself for a while and rest and I'm going to sit down here and talk to your mother-in-law and talk to Sam and be with Molly and you can just go take some time and that meant so much to me um yeah. I had such great support around me um but I think the fact that yeah I was grieving for this birth that I was just so convinced that I would have and I didn't um, was really rough. And yeah, the the physical recovery from having a Vontos I found quite difficult as well. Um, mm. Yeah. And um, did you have any like tearing or anything like that or was it yeah. really just, yeah, you did? Yeah. So um my ob- the obstetrician was saying to me, oh, yeah, she, she was as she was suturing, she said, oh, it's a really superficial tear. It's like honestly, it's really easy fix, really superficial. And I turned to my midwife after and I said, I know obstetricians are used to seeing abnormal. <laughs> is it really superficial or is it not? And she goes, No, no. There's, I wouldn't call that superficial. It was quite deep. (laughs) Um, But that's what they're used to seeing, right? So, um, as midwives, we're more used to seeing the normal. So, yeah, it was quite, um, quite deep, um, and yeah, quite a, yeah, quite a journey with um, the healing of all of that. It was really interesting, actually. I thought, like, I was all prepped with my um, like cool pack like my icy packs and um like the peri gel and all that stuff but I actually didn't like any of it which was really oh. disappointing because <laughs> so many people of, do yeah so yeah is there anything that worked for you in terms of some pain relief or not really yeah so um so so random um but my midwife came over one day and she was like hey look I've been thinking and this is odd but why don't you try filling a condom with cold water? <laughs> Use that as an like as cold pack. Um, it's like softer. Oh it like molds to your body. I was like, okay. 
and give it a go yeah it was great. I recommend it to all my clients now. <laughs> oh, my God. So what, you filled the condom with cold water? Yeah, yeah, and use that as an ice pack instead. And oh, obviously just on the God. outside. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You wouldn't want to be shoving anything up there straight from uh, birth, right? Absolutely not. Thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Clarifying. (laughs) (laughs) I've had a couple of people ask me. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) Yeah, out. No, get that away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Um, Yeah. And then the other thing was um, one of my family members brought over some hydrogel. So lots of people talk about those hydrogel breast um, discs um, for breastfeeding. Um, but you can actually get the hydrogel itself in like a a bottle, um, like a spray okay. bottle. Um, and it's like a yeah, it's like a clear jelly um, that just helps keep the wounds clean and um, moist, I guess, for lack of a better word, um, to yeah help with the healing process and I as soon as I started using that I noticed a massive difference so I'm all for that amazing Hmm. it's so good to know these little yeah because like we all kind of you know get our pedicles and all these yeah not necessarily and like yeah you just don't know what's going to help soothe your pain Um, no so you have you were obviously visibly quite low that you know your midwife had picked up on it do you think now reflecting on it that you had like baby blues or was it some postpartum depression or do you think you really were just kind of grieving the fact that your birth hadn't gone to plan or or, you know what was it for you when you look back now um when I when I was in it it was really hard to see it for what it was um it was kind of just I guess I was in a bit of denial, really. Like, mm. this is hard. This is supposed to be really hard. This is – that's all that I'm experiencing is that this is just hard. And um, it wasn't until recently um, that I actually went and spoke to a health professional and was formally diagnosed with postpartum depression. So oh. it's – I mean, it was great to have an answer um, yeah. after all this time. Um, but, yeah, it is. It, I know you talked to somebody else on the podcast um, who was in um, the mental health profession and mm. she struggled to recognise it in herself. And yeah. I can so relate to that. Um, it's so easy to spot it, well, can be so easy to spot it in other people, but when it's yourself, it's just different. Yeah. It's hard to look at it objectively. Yeah, and I think, yeah, there's so much of that mindset of like, you know, the fourth trimester is hard, like this mm. is just what it is. It'll get better and like waiting for it to get better. But it's like, like you say, like if you had stepped outside of your body and looked in as the midwife looking at someone, you probably would have spotted it a lot faster as well. So it's just... Yeah, it's so hard until you have that perspective, though. So, like, I guess, what? How were you feeling in that in the, in that time after? And talk us through, I guess, feeding and how? Yeah, how did you kind of keep going when you are feeling so low? I guess you just do. Um, mm. 
yeah, having people around you is super important. Um, my mother-in-law was absolutely incredible um, and I feel like she made the whole, like those early days, a lot easier for us. Mm. Um, she came up from Napier um ended up driving 12 hours to get to us um, because of road closures and she stayed with us for five days and arrived with bags of groceries, um, did washing, made sure that I was napping, made sure that I was eating. Um, Yeah, just those little things can make such a big difference in those early days. Um, yeah. And having someone who's there for you and baby, um, just just to be there for you guys and your needs yeah. instead of their own, like their own need to bond with baby comes second. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's so important. And I feel like, yeah, having having her around really made things a lot easier. Mm. It is, they talk about it, and I was listening to another podcast the other day where, like, in other cultures, they really, you know, the what they do is that they just, the community and the family just go around the mother and they look after mm. the mother in that fourth trimester and they, like, some, like, some cultures they don't let the mother, like, move, basically. Like, she's on, yeah. like, and it's, like, we just do things very differently now. We live so differently. Like we, a lot of people don't live close to family and have the ability to have that. So it's so amazing if you do to kind of be able to really just lap that up. And I'm guilty of, even though I had family here mm. wanting to do that, I was kind of like, no, I'm fine. Like, and I, to be, yeah. you know, I was okay. I, I, I didn't, I was very lucky. I didn't have any kind of, of the baby blues or, anything like that, but I had that support and, like, I should have just lapped it up anyway, even if I was like, why did I feel like I couldn't? Just, you know, it's... Well, I think it's hard to ask. I think it's really hard to ask for help. And I certainly, if I asked, I had other family members that were absolutely there for me. Um, Mm. But sometimes you don't want to ask. Um, Mm. It's, yeah, I think... I think that's the hardest part is asking for help. Um, sometimes just having somebody show up makes such a difference. Mm, yeah, totally. And so, what was Molly like as a as a newborn? You know, was she feeding well? Was she? How was her sleep in those early days? I mean, we 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 don't they don't really sleep that much. No. So they kind of <laughs> Not in long stints, but like, no. so how was she? Like, obviously, you're going through a lot, but what, how was she as a as a newborn? She was a pretty normal newborn. Um, yeah, she did the did the whole cluster feeding every evening and waking multiple times in the night and had her fussy periods and things. Um, yeah, I I think. Yeah, she wasn't an easy baby, but she wasn't a super hard baby. She wasn't super unsettled or anything. Um, yeah. Her Our breastfeeding journey wasn't great either, um, which was something that I think definitely contributed to how I was feeling. 
um, kind of on top of not having the birth that I had expected. Also didn't go to plan, so it was kind of mm. not like it was all falling apart a little bit. <laughs> like yeah. I should know this stuff. I'm a midwife. Why don't I know this? But I think, and as my midwife said to me, she's like, yeah, Courtney, you're a midwife, but you've never been a mum before. Um, so true. And I definitely needed reminding of that. Yeah. So with the feeding, um, was it supply or was it latch or what was causing some some challenges there? So it was latch, I think. I was very lucky. I had a great supply. Um, But by day two, I had blood dripping down my belly. Um, It was just, yeah, it was not great. Um, I, I can't pinpoint the cause exactly it was so tricky um knowing what I know and trying all my little midwife tricks um but every time I latch her on she'd just clamp she'd click she'd pull off um we discovered at three months that she had quite severe reflux and I don't know if that was contributing earlier on um and that's why she'd pull on and off or what it was but yeah, she just never really latched well. So we ended up going down the nipple shield route. Um, We never were able to get rid of those. Um, And, yeah, we ended up mixed feeding. So for the first four months, um, Molly had mostly breast milk. Um, I'd latch her probably – 60% 60% of the time, 60 or yeah. 70% of the time. Um, and then she'd have bottles of expressed milk or formula. And then it it was about five to six months old that we transitioned to mostly formula. Um, and then at six months, I completely stopped expressing because it was just to, got to the point where I was expressing once a day and it just felt tedious, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, so we did can, six months. <laughs> which is amazing. I know like as, you know, like with your background and all these, I feel, I did a, when I recorded with a podcast with a lactation consultant, she was so hard on herself for not doing how much she had envisioned or how long mm. she envisioned. And I guess it's one of those things as well. It's just like, but to even do anything is amazing. You know, like you don't yeah. have to. And it is just so you just don't know how it's going to go until that baby is here. Like with all your experience and, you know, seeing so many babies and probably helping so many mothers latch their babies, you just still can't predict how that's going to go for yourself, right? Totally. Yeah. And I didn't really understand that until I experienced it myself. Yeah. Oh, well, it sounds like it was not you know, probably the fourth trimester that you had envisioned. And, like, now Mm -hmm. that you've been through that, you know, was there a turning point when things started to improve for you? And I'd love you also to share, I guess, with the diagnosis of your postpartum depression. Like, what what kind of journey were you on to or are you on for, you know, kind of recovery from that? Um, So I think the turning point, for me was around six months um and now that I say it out loud with 
like having just talked about finishing breastfeeding at six months. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it was possibly part of the trigger for me, um, mm-hmm. which is hard to say because I am so passionate about breastfeeding. Um, but I think stopping that kind of just gave me a little bit of a sense of freedom. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, also at six months, as I'm sure that you have recently experienced, um, they just become so much more, I don't know, communicative and your personality starts to really shine through. And I think being able to really connect with her that way um, was yeah, it was a big thing for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and her just being a bit more mobile as well. Um, for the first few months, it was really hard to even put her down without her crying. So to be able to like, have her sit there um, in her little chair on the bench mm. while I was like making food and um, kind of starting to get back to doing normal things. I think that was a bit of a turning point for me. Yeah. I can, yeah, I can really, it's one of those things as well because, like, you can never, as much as you would have seen it, you can never prepare for what it's like to have a baby kind of clinging to you all day, Mm -hmm. all night, (laughs) throw in all the hormonal changes, feeling low. There's just so much to go on and when you get a little bit of independence back and you start getting like the smiles and the giggles and seeing them kind of like explore the world like yeah it's it's like all that hard kind of everything you've been putting in you start to get some like reaction from them and you start to get you know it's just yeah I can totally see why that at that six month point you can kind of be like this is getting a lot more enjoyable and I like yeah. to say maybe it was something to do with like the you had this negative well not negative association but this like you'd had this no, troubled feeding totally. journey and then when that finished and that was you know that maybe that was a weight off your shoulders I, I feel like in reflection it definitely was mm. um and I actually hadn't considered that until now until now that mm. we're having this conversation yeah. I yeah um I, th- I think that that was definitely a trigger for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. It's, it's just so interesting. So what is, I guess, with your your motherhood journey, and I feel like we might know the answer to this already, but, like, what has been the hardest and most enjoyable season of motherhood to date and why? Yeah. So the hardest for me was definitely the newborn <laughs> phase. <Yeah>. I think <laughs> – yeah, <laughs> I think lots of people expected that, given my background, it would just be natural to me. Um, mm. But I always knew that I would find the newborn phase the hardest. Lots of people asked me when I was pregnant, like, oh, you've seen so much birth. Are you terrified to give birth because of it? And I, my answer was always, no, I'm, I'm scared to have a newborn. Like, <laughs> as yeah. excited as I am to meet our daughter and – have our baby um which we've wanted for so long I just I knew that the newborn phase would be hard for me um and it certainly was 
exactly it's just that lack you know you have that knowledge because you've come from the like the background that you have but for a lot of us that don't have that background we're more scared for birth yeah than, than postpartum um, it seems to be such a focus yeah it is it totally is and it's you know for some it's usually one two days or whatever it might be exactly. a couple of hours um but nothing compared to, to to what comes after and I know everyone is different and some people absolutely love newborns um and love that newborn phase but it's just I think it depends it, it can just go either way right and you don't know till the yeah. year so it's really like kind of waiting for the waiting to see how it's gonna evolve um what about your most enjoyable season of motherhood I love where we're at now um yeah I think between between eight to twelve well, eight to 13 months, like where we are now, has just been the absolute best. I I love our all our little interactions and, um, yeah, watching her learn words and learn new skills and everybody else enjoy her and, yeah, getting out and doing things with her and all of that. I've just, yeah, I've adored being mum to a toddler <laughs> um well as she's coming into toddlerhood it's yeah it's absolutely been the best even though it comes with toddler tantrums um yeah. I love it <laughs> oh it's so cute and I we didn't we I, I asked you too many questions at once but what in terms of your <laughs> um I do that and I just get very wise, <laughs> so good. many things going through my brain but in terms of your I guess your recovery from that fourth trimester and with having a postpartum depression what is recovery looking like for you from that uh, yeah so um I think I think it's going to be an ongoing journey um yeah. I yeah so I have I decided to go down the path of medication um yeah. which was the right choice for me um mm-hmm. so yeah that has been really positive I feel like where um I don't know my brain is very sciencey um mm-hmm. <laughs> and I like um, obviously with my background, I like to know how how things work, how our brains tick, how our bodies work. And for me, it just made sense to, for it being a chemical imbalance to fix that for now um, mm-hmm. with medication. Um, yeah. So we've gone down that path. Um, I've also been referred to free counselling, which I didn't know was a thing. So my GP clinic offers free counselling sessions. So, yeah, I haven't started that yet due to start that. But um, Mm -hmm. I think that that is going – just being able to talk through – um, yeah, some of the triggers for postpartum depression and, yeah – kind of get to the bottom of I guess I guess birth trauma um Mm. and I don't know if I mean like I say I haven't started that journey that part of the journey yet so I don't know how useful it will be for me to go through general 
counseling. Um, I don't know mm. whether I might decide to go down the path of a birth trauma counselor. Um, we'll see. We'll see how we go. Yeah. Um, but it just feels good to finally have an answer and somebody acknowledging it and mm. doing something about it because it was something that I definitely ignored for far too long. Mm. Oh, good on you. I think it's just, and it's one of those things that, you know, the more that we talk about and normalize, you know, the better and that that is so okay for that, you know, that you don't have to absolutely love being, you know, you don't have to love every part of your motherhood journey and it can be traumatizing, especially like when you have like been through something like you went through, um, yeah, to have some trauma with that and just I can, yeah, like the someone acknowledging that that's actually, yeah, you you know, that's what's happened to you and getting help must just feel almost like a weight off your shoulders. Absolutely. And just even, you know, like voicing things, like the fact that you, you know, you voiced that at six months when your feeding journey stopped and then you're like, oh, actually that could have been part of that. It's just like yeah. No one needs to give you an answer, but sometimes just talking aloud and you'll reach these little conclusions or dots will connect and it's just, um, I think it's just so, so cool and very brave of you to come on and share that, that that's like what you're going through now. Um, And I guess with that, having been through that, how has all of this kind of shaped or changed or not changed the way that you practice as a midwife now? Ooh, um, it's it's interesting because um, prior to having Molly, I, as well as being a midwife, I was running antenatal classes and a big part of the postpartum portion of that was talking about mental health. And so to then experience it myself and kind of ignore it, um, yeah, I feel like I... <laughs> oh, it is interesting that I didn't notice it in myself. So I think the way that I approach those conversations is and will be a little bit different. Um, And I think as much as we know ourselves better than anybody else, I think it's really important to surround yourself with people um, who can point out those those differences in you um, and to maybe have those conversations prior to having baby um, about like, okay, if like these are the sort of things that you need to look out for and what do we do if this happens? Um, Mm. So I think, um, yeah, preparing preparing my clients for postpartum um, and yeah, having those conversations about mental health has become more of a priority. It's not that I didn't talk about it before, but I think it's definitely more of a priority for me now. Um, Yeah. In terms of, in terms of birth, um, lots of people ask me if um, my views on birth have changed Mm. and I honestly don't think they have. Mm. Um, I I already knew birth was unpredictable. I've seen so many different versions of birth. So, um, yeah, I I don't think 
I feel any different about birth, but mm. I'm, as I said before, I'm a, now a huge advocate for having a backup birth plan <laughs> <laughs> because I'm so guilty of not doing that myself. Um, yeah, and being okay with your backup plan as well. I think because yeah. I think a lot of us make backup plans, but we really don't want that to be our birth so it's like yeah. it's all very well to have your backup plan but you need to also be okay like I remember we did this this kind of like task in my antenatal class and it was like all these different cards with all these different things that could happen in your birth if it was like a c-section a episiotomy uh von twos there's all these different scenarios all these things that you wanted and didn't want and you had to like pick I can't remember exactly what we did but basically I had said like oh of gosh I'd be absolutely okay with anything but for some reason episiotomies just made my skin crawl like thinking yeah. about it which is actually what I ended up having oh. um, <laughs> <laughs> we had to put that card like in front of us and be like okay like why would this be so bad like what is it about it that we're so against and like you know if this happens how will you feel and we actually did go through this task and even that. though I did that I still was like mm you know, I don't know, but you know what? It was actually fine. It's funny how your brain tricks you into these sorts of things, but it was a really good task to do. Like pick your ideal birth and pick your like least ideal, but then like kind of pick apart why, why those are so great and not so great. Um, I think it's super important to break down those fears and get to the bottom of why, um, whether you're escalating it in your mind or, yeah, what what the facts really are around that and, yeah, yeah how it could possibly be okay. Um, yeah. That, I would love that, to know, when you train to become a midwife, and this is just me coming at you with a random question because <laughs> I'm thinking about it now, like how much of the study is focused around like pregnancy, birth versus postpartum? Oh gosh, I would, this is going back. Um, So much is pregnancy and birth. So, so much. Um, Which is obviously important, don't get me wrong, but I'm intrigued to know like what the balance is. That's a really good question. Um, I feel like uh, we do do a whole paper on breastfeeding. and the science of that, the science and skill of that of breastfeeding. Um, but postpartum, I mean, we had a lot of guest speakers come in. I remember having a birth trauma speaker come in, and that was so interesting. Mm. Um, and that's always stuck in my mind. But yeah, I would say that the degree is largely focused on pregnancy and birth. Mm. Mm. so interesting to think about isn't it because I and I know I appreciate midwives you know you you have your midwife up until I think is it like four weeks four to six weeks six weeks so I mean they're not necessarily around for that whole postpartum period which kind of makes sense but it's just more I just think again it's that whole education piece that's lacking around postpartum and when you think Mm. about the people that are caring for us and like helping us prepare for birth and postpartum and yet you're yeah interesting it's definitely largely focused on like the physical 
um, mm. physical aspects of postpartum. I mean, we learn about how your body how your body changes postpartum um, and doing all the all the newborn checks um, and all of those all of those physiological things. Yeah. But yeah, there's not. I don't think there's a lot of focus, or there never there never used to be when I trained. Um, a lot yeah. of focus around the emotional side of that, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's where postpartum doulas often come in. And I yeah. know you spoke to one, and yeah. I really loved that podcast. And I think that it would be great if there were if people people had access to that sort of support because as midwives our care is so limited um mm. and we do the best that we can but um we don't always have time to sit down for an hour and a half and really break down um yeah the emotional side of it and i know mm. like i i try as a midwife, I try to do some of that, but there's only so much that you can do um, and oh. that we're funded for. So it would be great if there was a bit more of that, yeah, emotional support around, I mm. guess. It's so true. And, like, yeah, you guys are stretched as it is, let alone adding another thing on your plate. So it's kind mm. of like there needs to be, you know, that shouldn't fall on your shoulders, absolutely, I think. Yeah, after seeing midwives in action going through pregnancy, birth, and postpartum, I'm just like, you are superwoman, and my goodness, hats off to you completely. Mm. <laughs> is there something you wish you knew about babies mm. or becoming a mum? And this is, you know, through your own experience becoming a mum, not as a midwife, that you <laughs> didn't know, which you think would have been helpful to know earlier on? Um. Yeah, so I used to. This is this seems really trivial, um, but, but I'm all for sleep sacks over swaddles. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I have taught so many parents how to swaddle, but once I started doing it myself, I mean, I've swaddled hundreds of times. But yeah. do you think I could keep Molly in a swaddle? No, I'm all Same for. The yeah. zip up sleep sacks. Um, they oh, are good. just brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wish I knew on. how practical they were before. <laughs> it's so funny you say that because, yeah, we tried swaddling Louis at the start and we, it, no matter what we did, he had an arm out, foot uh-huh. out, something was <laughs> out. It was fallen completely off and both his arms were out. And then, who came up with the zip one is just honestly kudos because I reckon, is eh? great. <laughs> yeah, so now you can just say to all your clients, okay, don't worry about this, just get one of these. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, even Kmart do those like little, um, they do like a real basic um, like pouch that zips up and it's perfect oh. for a newborn. Um yeah, all for those. I recommend them to everybody. See, this, this is the sort of tips we need. This is great. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> the <laughs> other thing. Such a game changer, you know. Yeah. Because <laughs> they generally will wake up when they come out as well, when they're little. You know, they like being all wrapped up and cozy. 
they do they do um anything to keep that under control oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) I could just keep telling the way to you because I just think it's so incredible um, (laughs) your experience and everything and how I think it's just as someone who does not have a professional background and being a midwife or healthcare I think it's so nice for other mums to hear that not that what not that I want like that what you've been through is great because it no, makes us feel better but it just to show like you can have all the experience in the world and it still can be really challenging or not go how you expect and um, I think it's so amazing that you've come on and shared your story I'd love to wrap up and because I know yep. you've probably seen a few but what would be your most memorable poo explosion story with Molly <laughs> or, or someone else's baby if you, if you have one in mind um, that's kind of just stuck with you <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right. Um, so <laughs> we at, oh, how many weeks old was she? She was seven weeks old and we went to my auntie's wedding. And it's oh no, just never going to be a good start to a poo explosion story, is there? <laughs> no. And I bought her this special out for it, outfit for it and everything. And just as the ceremony is about to start, um, Sam was holding Molly and he was like, oh, my gosh, I felt something happen. I think we need to go and change her. And I was like, Sam, we don't have time. We've, we're going to end up walking in partway through the ceremony. That's so embarrassing. Like, we just have to deal with it. So we sit down and ceremony gets delayed. So we're sitting there for longer and longer and Sam's giving me the side eye going, Courtney, we totally had time to go and change her. And I hear her go again. I'm like, oh, oh gosh, here we go. And we sit through this whole ceremony, about 30 minutes, and quickly rush off to do this, what we thought would be a two-person job. Um and it is all up her back to her shoulder blades, all soaked through her brand new outfit, which was like baby pink. Oh, no. Take the nappy off and she starts peeing all over Sam. It's all down his leg. <laughs> and like, oh, my God. Who <laughs> top it off, we get her changed. And Sam picks her up and she pukes all over him too. <gasps> so poor Sam <laughs> had to go back into the wedding. Like, this is very lucky. This is all going on you and not me right now. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, oh dear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. So you actually just left the wedding in the end. You're like, you know what? This is not our day. <laughs> no, no. We went back in. But, <laughs> um, yeah. There's a there's a photo of the three of us just after this, and Sam's um, peed on leg is strategically oh. placed behind me in the photo, <laughs> so oh. you can't see it. Oh no! Oh. oh gosh! It's just everyone's got one. Hey, that's why I love yeah. it. Because I'm just like, and the more I hear, I'm just like, wow, these just these. I've not seen nothing yet. I'm like, wow. Okay. Oh, it there's was. Hard- one to be honest there's been yeah. a few. 
<laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for sharing your journey, Courtney. I think it's just so important that we normalize these conversations and, um, you know, just kind of let people know that they're not alone and no matter what journey they're on and also just amazing work that you midwives do. I just can't thank say you. it enough. I think we're all just so appreciative of you. So thank you so, so much. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.